you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Welcome to The Press Zone. Uh, This week, we're so glad that you're here with us. Welcome to round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have reached it. It is here. It has begun. And we're so excited to uh, to talk with you today. We've got a fabulous show lined up for you today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, of course, uh, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. I'm the lead correspondent here at uh, the AHL Report. Rick is our editor-in-chief and founder here at Rocket Sports Media. And Rick, it's... um. I feel like we've packed three months worth of hockey into like the last nine days or so. Went screaming through the <laughs> uh, the round robin and the qualifying series. Uh, and now uh, to the real thing, to the playoffs, to the NHL 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. And let me tell you what, if you are a Habs fan or you are a Flyers fan, there is no other custom built podcast for you than this podcast for the next couple of weeks because who would have thunk it the canadians and flyers are each other's opponents for round one of the stanley cup playoffs and as you know if you've been a long time listener uh those are the two fan bases uh, those are the two teams and organizations that we cover the most in depth and have been doing so for for more than a decade so uh this is the place to be for this series here at the press zone uh we're going to uh break down a lot of information about that series and we'll get to what's coming up in the show here in a second but but rick it's very exciting that uh as as our colleague mike said the other day my goodness i mean this is right in in your wheelhouse uh we've got all of all of the expert analysis on the on these two teams right here at rocket sports well that worked out kind of well didn't it and uh, i think it worked out well for fans too because if you look at uh the responses on social media um this was the preferred opponent for each of the fan bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canadians didn't want Canadians fans didn't want any part of Tampa uh, and uh, and were preferring uh, careful what you wish for, but they were preferring the the flyers and uh, the flyers fans uh, perhaps thought uh, that that the Canadians would be a, an easier opponent than others and uh, they were hoping for. Uh, uh, the uh, rather than the the uh, cross state rivalry uh, with the mm. Penguins, they were hoping for the uh, Canadians as uh, as as their first round matchup. It worked out very well. Fans seem to be excited about it. Uh, it's been exactly a decade since the the now infamous 2010 playoff series in the conference finals when uh, oh. 
how'd that turn? Oh, right. When the the, uh, the Canadians lost the conference finals to the Philadelphia Flyers and the Flyers went on to the Stanley Cup final where... What happened? Uh, they lost. Oh. But that's okay. It's why we can't... We can't. Chelsea Dagger, the, the Chicago Blackhawks have to have to exit the playoffs as soon as possible because Chelsea Dagger is a dagger in the heart of every Flyers fan uh, from that series. But you can never get too much Jim Cornelison singing the anthem, the well, best, the best anthem singer in the NHL. Although Flyers fans will argue that they'll take Lauren Hart every day, every day. So uh, who is who is? Um, well, he's, she's right up there. She's right up there with with Jim Cornelison. So we'll we'll say Jim's the top guy, Lauren's the top gal as far as the anthemists in the NHL. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be a great series, and we're so glad. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. You know, uh, I'm sure you're already pumped to hear what's going to happen in this episode. If you're a if you're a new listener, if you're a new follower, welcome. Um, we're excited to to bring you uh, a lot of hockey talk today. We're going to, of course, in the first segment, we're going to break down, uh, we're going to spend some time around the Flyers. We're going to talk about how they finished the, ren- the round robin and how they got to where they're at heading into this series, and that would be as the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're then also going to give you a little bit of news about a couple of pro- Flyers prospects uh, who are on the move. And uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have actually, uh, they're they are not sitting around just uh, twiddling, twiddling their thumbs. They've had a couple of signings the last week that we're going to talk to you about as well. And then at the end of our first segment, we've got a spectacular interview. Uh, our, our dear friend and colleague uh, to the show and to Rocket Sports, Bill Meltzer, who is the team reporter for Flyers.NHL.com. Uh, he will be joining us for an extensive interview to preview uh, this Habs and Flyers series from a Philadelphia perspective and and give us his thoughts on on how this series is going to break out. It's, it's, a, it's an exclusive interview that you're not going to want to miss. Then in the second segment, we're going to focus on the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to talk about how they did the unexpected. No one uh, predicted that they would come out of the play-in beating the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they did just that, and, and they can, they managed to look better and better as, as the series went on. And so we're going to talk about how that series wrapped up. Uh, and then we have another fantastic special guest interview we've got former nhl defenseman and former montreal canadians defenseman mike weaver joining the show for the first time today he's gonna reminisce a little bit about his time in montreal and and uh, regale us with a couple of stories about why he enjoyed being a hab and wearing that ch so much uh, and then he's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, some initiatives that he's got going on now uh, that he's in the the post hockey portion of his career uh and uh oddly enough it still involves hockey so it's something that even if you're not a montreal canadians fan it's an interview you're going to want to hear because there's some great resources there for uh hockey families hockey communities hockey coaches uh, that you're going to want to hear about and the thing is that habs fans are going to want to hear what bill Meltzer has to say about the flyers uh so that you can be prepared for the the uh the series and um, Flyers fans are going to want to hear what Mike Weaver has to say. And Mike Weaver has a great story about Carey Price and, and gives you some insight there. So uh, it's the kind of, of um, insight and, and analysis that you're not going to get 
anywhere else. That's right. And then finally, in our third segment, we're just going to break down for you what kind of coverage you can expect uh, from the Rocket Sports team this week and where to go to find that coverage and best follow along. And then, yes, Rick and I are going to give you our round one predictions for across the league. We're going to we're going to set the predictions in stone here today. So uh, you're definitely going to want to not miss that uh, right before, of course, we wrap things up with our weekly feel good finale. So it's a jam packed show. It is one you're going to want to listen to, maybe listen to again and share with all of your friends and family. So I guess what we will do is start in our first segment with the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, Rick, um, the Flyers came into the return to play as the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. It meant that they automatically qualified for the playoffs. It meant that they didn't need to, you know, pass the muster of of a play-in round or a qualifying round, but that they got to play in the round robin just to get themselves up to game speed. And coming prior to the pause in March because of COVID-19, the Flyers were one of the hottest teams in the league, in the East for sure, but even in the league. Um, they had won nine of their last 10 games leading up to the pause. They had uh, they were tied for the best record in the league, and I believe they were tied with the Bruins uh, for the best record in the league since the early January. Um, the, the power play was doing well. I, I, I just... Things were clicking on all cylinders for Alain Vigneault's crew. Uh, and then the pause happened. And so it was, okay, well, what's going to happen? Can they get that magic back? Well, Rick, um, they were undefeated. Won their exhibition game against the same Pittsburgh Penguins that the Canadians faced in the, in the qualifying round. And then they went on to dominate the Boston Bruins and then the Washington Capitals. And then... Probably most unexpectedly, they handed it to Tampa Bay on Saturday night to clinch the number one seed in the East and have home ice advantage last change throughout the 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 the, the next round uh, and so forth. I mean, what a finish and what a return to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. When uh, the season was paused, when hockey was paused in mid-March, um, you know, and, and, and to look back at that point, to look at standings, to look at stats, to look at trends, um, you've heard throughout, uh, the, the return to play. Well, that was so long ago. It doesn't really matter except it does because the two hottest teams at the pause in the national hockey league were the Philadelphia Flyers and the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, we've seen, and and it just so happens that the Flyers are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and the Vegas Golden Knights are the the top seed in the Western Conference. So, yes, there has been some carryover, and um, as you said, this this goes back prior to this goes all all the way back to the turn of the calendar this year, and uh, the Flyers have been terrific, uh, balanced, um, tough to play against. Uh, disruptive, playing a strong defensive game, um, getting good goaltending, and uh, and spreading the offense around. 
Uh, now, if they could only get the the, the power play uh, true up and running, um, they are are this is this is not the Pittsburgh Penguins that the Montreal Canadiens will be facing in the first round. This is a completely different team, extremely well coached, and uh, they're on a roll. They're on a roll. They're coming into this series with a ton of confidence, having defeated such big teams as they did in the round robin. And keep in mind, as Rick just said, they're spreading the offense around. What that has translated to for the Philadelphia Flyers in the round robin um, has been that they've really had a lot of production from offensive defensemen and their bottom six. And from young guys making their playoff and NHL postseason debuts. Guys like Joel Farabee, guys like Philippe Myers, uh, guys like Nate Thompson, guys Kevin Hayes with a with a with a bunch of assists, uh, really been a, a, a playmaker. Um, Connor Bunneman drawing into the lineup and 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 making an impact. Shane Gostaspare managing to scratch his way into the roster for the final game, and he's you know set, setting up a beautiful goal. The interesting thing, so so not only is Elaine Vigneault going to be able to to rely on a deep roster rolling all four lines, and we're going to talk about this more with Bill Meltzer here in a few minutes, but in addition, his top six, his big stars, JVR, uh, Giroux, Katoria, Konechny, um, Voracek, these guys have not gotten on the score sheet yet. So for for Canadians fans, they've got a young up-and-coming goaltender who idolizes Carey Price, but is very mature and has a lot of confidence and doesn't get rattled easily. And they've got a team where everyone is contributing and their big guns are just on the cusp of waking their sticks up. This is going to be a, a tall order for the Canadians. Um not saying that uh, that the Canadians won't have some bite themselves, and we'll get into kind of that their aspect of it in the next segment. But Rick, I think it's going to be it's going to be a much uh, tougher mountain to climb. Oh, for sure, yeah, absolutely. the The Canadians were able to play a very physical game and a physical game that surprised uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, they leaned, uh, especially the back end of Shea Weber and, and Ben Sherratt, leaned on Sidney Crosby and, and Jake Gensel um, and uh, Connor Sheary and wore them down, uh, and uh, as the series went on, uh, made it very difficult. The, the Flyers the Flyers aren't like that. The Flyers uh, have big forwards. They have and they're they're uh, big and mean on the back end, particularly Phil Myers and Travis Sanheim. So, uh, from a physical standpoint, uh, the Flyers can uh, will likely hold up. Uh, well, not likely; they will unquestionably hold up much better than the Pittsburgh Penguins did. So before we uh, before we do bring Bill Meltzer in and get his uh, expert analysis, being the, the the Flyers team reporter for NHL.com, before we bring him in, just a couple of news notes that we do want to touch on. Uh, we've we've talked about how Maxim Sushko uh, was loaned over uh, seas for for the beginning of the European League season. Uh, again, just as a reminder for folks, with the AHL not 
going to start anytime before the beginning of December. There's a lot of guys that are in flux of of where, how do I get some playing time so that I stay in shape? And so a, a lot of teams are opting to send guys on loan over to the European leagues. And so the Flyers have actually done that two more times. Uh, one last week, he uh, the Flyers loaning uh, Lena Sandin to HV71 of the Swedish Hockey League. And just today, um, same thing for David Kasha. Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans will be very familiar with David Kasha. He is heading, uh, he is heading over to the Czech League. Uh, so again, those players are on loan. They're able to come back for training camps and 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 change things up as as things develop. But with everything being so unknown for next season, uh, it's an opportunity for players to to get some ice time. In addition to that. Uh, speaking of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, they also signed two players last week. One of them, of course, will be a familiar name, Ralph Kademi. Uh, he played both for the ECHL affiliate for the Flyers, which is the Reading Royals, as well as some time with the Phantoms. Uh, so they inked him to a one-year AHL contract, as well as Brennan Saulnier, uh, who... Um, is coming into, at the age of 26, this is his second pro season. I uh, played 51 games for the Rapid City Rush last year, uh, a native of Halifax, Nova Scotia. So two AHL, uh, one-year AHL contracts signed by the Philadelphia Phantoms. Or, excuse me, yes. Woo, going vintage there with the Philadelphia Phantoms, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, and uh, we'll keep an eye on new roster information as it comes along. We're happy to bring back to the press zone a uh, friend and colleague, Bill Meltzer, the team reporter for FlyersNHL.com. Uh, Bill, thanks so much. Can't believe, uh, you know, we're it's it's practically the middle of August and we're talking about uh, Flyers hockey and, and the playoffs. But uh, we appreciate you taking some time out today to uh, talk about the round robin and, and help us preview this great series ahead with the Canadians. Oh, always a pleasure, Amy and Rick. Um, yeah, I, I, this is a really, this is a really interesting matchup um, in, in a lot of ways. You know, I, I just think the way that the the two rosters stack up against each other is a pretty interesting thing. You know, you have you have a uh, Canadiens team that I think that one of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize is what a good puck possession team the the Habs were this season. If you, if you look at the underlying numbers, you know the uh, the Corsi and expected goal kind of numbers. The Habs are second in the NHL in both of them. But they're up against a Flyers team that was the stingiest in the NHL in terms of shots allowed. So, you know, it's a, it's a um, inter- interesting matchup in that regard. Mm-hmm. And the season series itself, and, and I know you can't go by, you know, you throw out the regular season series when the playoffs, playoffs roll around, especially when there's such a long break. But, all three games of the season series this year. I mean, uh, really, the, the Habs could have swept it. Two of them went overtime, and then the third one, um, the Canadians won that one four to one. And that was um, that was an interesting game because the Flyers, the two previous games, they had just beaten Washington, and then they had beaten the, the Blues in St. Louis, and then they came home and they, they got smoked by the Habs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was actually, that was actually the game where uh, you know I think the first question to Elaine Vigneault was. Uh, you know, it was just a trap game for your team. And, uh, you know, and, and A.V. said, uh, what's that word? It starts with a B. Uh, <laughs> he, he, wasn't buying, he wasn't buying trap games. But he's basically saying that every, everyone, anybody can beat anybody in a given day and you have to be ready to play. And, and the same thing, too, in the playoffs. You know, you, 
you look at all the regular season numbers, you look at the season series, you can look at it 10 different ways on paper, but uh, every series is going to take on its own personality and complexion. And um, this one, this one won't be any different, but I do think that, um, you know, I, I do think that the Canadians deserve to win that qualification round uh, against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much in game one, but as that series went along, I thought the Canadians became the better team as it went in. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of good young players on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're talking about uh, Suzuki or Kakaniemi on the uh, on the Montreal side, or obviously Carter Hart on the Philadelphia side, Farab, Bill Faraby had a chance on the first line. So, you know, just, just in terms of the, just in terms of who's playing and, and the, uh, the aspect of having a former Canadian head coach uh, against his old team. Uh, you know, just, a couple just, of them, uh, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of different storylines in there. I think it should be a fun series. Uh, you mentioned the, the Canadians uh, win over uh, Pittsburgh in the qualifying round, and, and uh, obviously uh, Carey Price was uh, the major factor there. But I think kind of a, an unexpected factor for uh, the Penguins was the Canadians' physical game, and and you had yes, Barry Kotkaniemi. You you just mentioned him as a young player. He was hitting everything. He had eight hits in in Game Four. You had uh, on the back end Weber and Sherratt just punishing those uh, Penguins forwards, uh, Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and Sheary. Um, how do you think the Flyers are going to respond uh, to uh, a, a, a physical Montreal team? Well, you know, it was interesting when, when the Flyers played um, the uh, second game with Washington. I mean, there's no more team that's more physical than Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Tom Wilson, and Ove, you know, Ovechkin, and another guy, Garrett Hathaway, another one. Um, the the Caps came out very aggressive physically, characteristically aggressive. I mean, the Flyers, these aren't the Broad Street Bullies team. But this, this Flyers team is not known as one of the more physical teams around the league. I and mean, Joel Farabee led the team in penalty minutes which he was 37, I think. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's not, not, not the teams of your, right. uh, they do have some size in the middle. They can, you know, they can, they can withstand it. I, I do think that, uh, you know, that is certainly going to be one of the keys for the Canadians. I think they're going to try to, to bring pressure for checking pressure on the Flyers defense score. Um, you know they'll try to they'll try to hit a guy like Travis Sanheim as much as possible, especially because he might have gotten injured in the last game. So they're going to they'll test him. Um, physical play around the net. Um, I, I think that's one of the things the Canadians will look for. And you had mentioned you know you had mentioned Shea Weber. I don't think they're you know among all the guys in the NHL who benefited from that break. I mean Shea Weber looked fantastic in that series. He looked yeah. like vintage Shea Weber. So that's. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that that aspect, because you do, when you think of the Habs, you know, I mentioned the puck possession, there's some there's good team speed. Uh, I really thought the nose line in particular looked, looked effective in that series of their speed. So, um, so I think, but I do think that from a physical aspect, that, that's, that's going to be an area where I think the Canadians will come out trying to test the Flyers. What in general, this is kind of a two-part question. First off, just from a Flyers perspective, your uh, biggest takeaways from what you saw the team do during the round robin and and kind of going along with that, uh, it was obviously a crucial 
a crucial point for uh, Alain Vigneault that he was able to solidly roll all four lines uh, and then some. I mean, the guys that are that are waiting in the wings to to get into the lineup are able to contribute uh, when they come in, as you can see with with Bunneman, with Farabee, with with even Gostisbehere coming in, uh, in in this last game against Tampa and making an impact. So how essential is that really going to be uh, in in this series against the Canadians and moving forward that uh, Vigneault really can rely on every aspect of the depth of his roster. Yeah, that was absolutely critical in, in the round robin. Um, you know, if you look at the first game, he gets two goals from the fourth line. Um, in, in other games, you know, it, it's uh, defensemen stepped up. Um, Phil Myers scored a big goal in the second game. Um, and or actually, those in the first game. And then the second game, Travis Sandheim scored an important goal. The Flyers got contributions from all around the lineup. I mean, if you would have gone into the round robin and somebody said to you, okay, the Flyers are going to go 0 for 11 on the power play in the round robin. And Katori uh, is not going to score a goal. And Giroux not going to score a goal. And Konechny not going to score a goal. Kevin Hayes is not going to score a goal. And Ivan Provorov not going to score a goal. But then I'm going to tell you that the Flyers are never going to trail in any game, and they're going to win every game by multiple goals. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, 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 yeah, I mean, you would never predict that, right? But no. if you look at the depth of the line, that that speaks to the depth of the Flyers have. They can get contributions from a lot of different spots in the lineup, and um, and five on five scoring as well. Because mm-hmm. while power plays tend to, you know, even the best power plays run a little hot and cold, and the Flyers are a little excessively hot and cold this year. The overall numbers look pretty good. But when they were when they were off, they could be off for you know two three weeks AWOL, and then they would get they would get hot for a period of time. So far, the power play, even if you go back to if even if you go back to training camp, the, the next to the last scrimmage on uh, training camp, or maybe in the final scrimmage, uh, they would take the final ten minutes of the period, and it, it was just a ten minute power play. They switch units back and forth, but it was ten minutes on the power play, and in one stretch they went thirty minutes without a goal. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, and listen, it's going to take time to get to get that going. And that to me is going to be one of the critical X factors in the series. Also, because if you look at the season series between the team, the Flyers went over for the season series in the power play against the Habs. So that's something Philadelphia is going to have to figure out. Um, and you can't count on two goals from the fourth line every game or, or right. a goal from the, from the blue line. So Flyers are going to have to get guys or guys on the top end of the lineup scoring a, at least a little bit in the series. Otherwise, they're, they're you know, I think, in a little bit of trouble. But but they can they can scratch out goals different places in the lineup when they have to. And the other thing Vino has done really well, he's, he's created competition for spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're Shane Goss is there knocking the door of getting back into the lineup. Uh, he, he was able to, scra- to scratch James Van Riemsdyk for one game right. because he has enough depth where he thought they could withstand it. And, you know, it, and it ended up working out that way. So, you know, I, I think that if guys don't perform, there are guys waiting in the wing, and, and if there are injuries, somebody can step in as well. So that's, uh, you know, you, you, you look at teams that go deep in the playoffs, they, they tend to have that element of depth, but also that element of internal competition as well. And uh, they, you know, they, they have a good thing going in those regards. Carey Price, or Carter Hart versus his idol, Carey Price, is a fascinating storyline. But even leaving Carey Price out of it, you have a 21-year-old, soon-to-be 22-year-old, um, who has played in big games before, that being Carter Hart, uh, in the World Juniors. Um, but 
you know, there's nothing more intimidating for an opposing goaltender, especially one who's young and inexperienced, than playing in the Bell Center during the playoffs. Uh, is this a big advantage for the Flyers that Hart won't be exposed to that hostile Montreal crowd? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, now you, you only have a regular season track record to go by, but if you go back to his, his first game, uh, his first game in, in Bell Center was a was a hockey night in Canada game last year. Mm-hmm. He, he excelled in that game. Now, now Carey Price didn't play in that particular game. The, the next time that they played the, the Habs in uh, Montreal, uh, remember, remember, um, hard thing to get out of the first period. Right. He gave up three pretty quick goals and he was out. Um, you know, and I think that carried over into his next start after that, too, which was against uh, Tampa Bay. He, he didn't get out of the first period in that one either. Uh, I, I do think that it, it does, uh, you know, the Flyers seem to kind of thrive in the, uh, in the empty arena environment there where, you know, I mean, as, as much of a home ice advantage as the Flyers had this year, because they were an excellent team at home, not so great on the road. They, they seem to, you know, they seem to do pretty well in the, the uh, empty arena environment too. And you know, also, I mean, I guess both teams are used to playing in the bubble by this point. But I do think it does play a little bit to Hart's uh, advantage as you know, as a young goalie, you don't you don't hear the crowd at all. You just hear, you, know, you just hear your teammates for the mm-hmm. most part. So I think it's easier to stay in, in your focus zone. Um, I mentioned about physical play. I, I think that they tried the, the uh, Tampa Bay tried to do that a little bit last game, bumping him around the net, trying to throw him off his game because when he's when he's locked in and tracking the puck very well, he can, he makes difficult saves look very easy, very very fluid, you know, economy of motion. And uh, you know, they always use the term uh, "quiet in your net." And if right. you watch Carter Hart, that's really what he sells at. He's all he makes. Uh, you know, he makes what are difficult saves look easy. It, it hits him in the logo. It hits him in the middle of the pass. But that's because he, he's usually in perfect position. Um, one of the challenges, though, I think, playing Montreal, one of the reasons why the Habs are up near the top and shots on goal, um, when the Flyers have played them this season and last, I've noticed they try to throw pucks at the net from a whole variety of angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did let in, he did let in, uh, well, again, it was more last season than, than this season. But against Montreal, he did let in at least one or two off-angle goals. So I think they are going to try to challenge him from a variety of different looks. And obviously, you know, obviously everybody else does get traffic to the net, look for, for redirect, all, all the things that every team does. But I think that um, I think Montreal, more than some other opponents, are going to throw some off-angle shots at Hart and see if he can rebound, see maybe one sneaks in. So that's something he's going to have to be ready for. Just like Jeff Petrie did, which was a pretty important goal for uh, Montreal <laughs> against uh, against Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, with with all of that being said, uh, Bill, do you have any predictions for this series? Do you do you see the Flyers uh, making making sure that they get the job done and, and advancing to round two? Yeah, I mean, there's never there's never a guarantee. You know, I I, I think that uh, you know, go back to a past series between the teams when the Flyers. Keep the Habs in five in 2008. I think it swept the season series that year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Flyers were kind of an underdog coming into that series. And every game of that series, uh, Marty Buron had to make 30 or more saves. And the Flyers won that series in five. And that can happen. Carey Price can, can steal games. He still can. Um, almost still won against the Flyers early this season. The Flyers didn't win that one in overtime. But I, I think that, you know, given all those X factors, I still think when you look at the series on paper, uh, I think I would give that one to the Flyers. I don't think it's going to be, a, you know, a four or five game series. Though I have a more, more of a deep series, more mm-hmm. of a six game. 
I'll pick the Flyers to win it, but I think the Habs are going to give them a lot of trouble along the way. Well, we will. Uh, it won't take long before we know how right you are on that for sure. Uh, Absolutely, will be uh, a thrilling series. I think. Uh, I think fans on on both sides of this one are in for a treat. Uh, no matter how long this series goes, I think it's going to be some pretty entertaining hockey. Um, Bill, thank you so much. We really do appreciate you being here today. Uh, for all of our followers who and listeners who who aren't following you yet, shame on you. But you should go to Twitter and follow Bill at Bill Meltzer. Uh, he is the team reporter for FlyersNHL.com. So be sure to follow him and. Uh, we will be back in touch with you throughout this series, I'm sure, Bill. Looking forward to it, absolutely. Thanks, Bill. Thanks so much. Rick, I have to say once again, it is it is immensely enjoyable for us every time Bill Meltzer joins us on the show. Uh, just a wealth of information, has great uh, great analysis capabilities, and and uh, just a joy to talk to. So thank you again, Bill Meltzer, for, for joining us today. Great chat with Bill. Uh, always ha- happy to have him on the show, and particularly now in... Uh, uh, ahead of the uh, upcoming series between the Flyers and the Canadians. Absolutely. So again, be sure you are following Bill on Twitter at uh, Bill Meltzer. Uh, he's a great follow, and and uh, will will certainly keep you up to date uh, regarding this series and all things Flyers. Uh, on that note, we are going to take one quick break, and on the other side, we're now going to switch focus to the Montreal Canadiens side of this series. Let's talk about a uh, little bit, Rick, uh, about how Montreal managed to finish out that series against Pittsburgh, and then, of course, we've got a fantastic interview with former Habs defenseman Mike Weaver. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today.
Welcome back to the Press Zone right here at Rocket Sports Media on AHLReport.com. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my fabulous co-host, Rick Stevens. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Habs fans, Flyers fans, hockey fans in general, you are not going to want to miss our coverage uh, this week, particularly uh, with this series. So be sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, We're going to get into all of the accounts that you should be following in, in our next segment, in the third segment. But for now, make sure that you're following at the AHL Report and at the Press Zone. Those are the the two big ones that you want to be sure you're following all the time. And then for this series in particular, we're going to give you all those details in the next segment. Um, it's going to be a great series. And we just spent a, a, a bit of time breaking down the flyer side of the series Great interview with Bill Meltzer. Uh, And now we want to talk about the Canadian side of the series because pretty much almost every analyst, pundit, fan, you name it, uh, had Pittsburgh taking the qualifying round series and some of them taking it in three games. Um, And it didn't work out that way. Carey Price did what Carey Price uh, really is paid to do. He didn't just steal a game. He stole a series uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And some of their youth stepped up uh, and and performed well. And as each win happened, the confidence of the whole team seemed to to rise. And uh, they they really rose to the occasion and and closed it out. Rick, were were what were the things that surprised you the most, or that you that were the most apparent to you as as the Canadians closed out that series? Well, the thing that was most apparent was Carey Price and. I know that, uh, as you said, most of the the commentators were absolutely dead wrong about in their <laughs> predictions, and in um, in uh, trying to explain what happened in the series, uh, I think many of them now are uh, trying to spread the credit around and and uh, that it wasn't only the Carey Price show, but. I mean, that that's nonsense. It was Carey Price. He was uh, dominant in every single game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only in, in uh, game four where it was a, a little closer uh, in the shot totals were kept down on both sides, a much more defensive game, and where the teams actually uh, were more of a factor. But in the first three games, it was this, it should have been a rout every game for Pittsburgh. Um, the the possession numbers, the shots, the all of the analytics, the expected goals, all heavily, heavily in favor of uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and so it was not necessarily the the Montreal Canadiens doing a good job of defending. It was Carey Price uh, uh, shutting down the Pittsburgh Penguins and and carrying uh, Montreal to victory. The surprising part of it to me was was uh, what I mentioned uh, in our last segment, and that was the physical nature of of the Canadians, uh, how they wore down the the Pittsburgh forwards, and uh, they they really um, uh, hammered, uh, particularly uh, the back end, uh, Weber and Sherratt. Uh But those two also contributed on the offensive side, as did Jeff Petrie. Um, and up front, it was um, Paul Byron and Arturi Lekin. Arturi Lekinen had a, a tremendous, a tremendous series. He was uh, exceptional every single game. Paul uh, Byron was outstanding as well, and that helped um, 
you know, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi uh, played well to a lesser extent. Uh, Nick Suzuki uh, had his moments, um, but when you look at at the the uh, Canadians uh, players who are expected uh, to c- contribute, especially offensively and and to lead the team, you got. Uh, the players who were not a factor in in the Pittsburgh series were Brendan Gallagher, were Thomas Tatar, were were Phil Deneau, uh, Max Domi, uh, Yol Armia, not a factor in the least. Uh, and uh, Jonathan Drew Drouin was um, was a liability. Um, he factored factored negatively in towards the Canadians, a, a player who uh, was billed as being able to raise his game in the playoffs, and he certainly didn't. Um, so in this upcoming series, there's the opportunity uh, for all of those uh, six players, uh, Drouin, Armia, Gallagher, Tatar, Deneau, and Domi, uh, to uh, raise their game um, considerably, uh, otherwise the the uh, the Canadians don't have a prayer. It's one of the things that it, it, it's one of the parallels that I think make this series so fascinating this year. You take what Rick just said there and and talk about all of the the big names who were supposed to be the contributors who who um, and and shouldn't say that that perhaps, you know, the Gallaghers and the Armias and, and the Tatars didn't contribute. They just, they weren't scoring. So you weren't getting goal production from from those guys. Um, well, what did we just talk about in the last segment? The Flyers' big guns didn't show up on the score sheet either. So there's similar parallels between these two teams, and it's going to be interesting to see which one of them can get their top six and and their and their their big names producing and finding the back of the net. Um, can they both do it? Is it going to make a difference if one does and the other doesn't? Um, the other parallel is the the goaltender story. Carey Price, elite goaltender, um, Vesna Trophy winner, as we said, stole the series for him. I mean, Carey Price is Carey Price. He's one of the best goaltenders in, in the entire world right now. At the other end of the ice, however, you have one of the biggest up-and-coming goaltenders in the league, uh, a, a young man who is destined to possibly become a franchise name for for the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, who models his game after Carey Price, and who, despite his youth, is very calm, very poised, um, and, and can stand up to big pressure. Um, so for me, that's what makes this series so exciting. There are parallel stories on each team, and it's going to come down to, I think, um, Hart, not Carter Hart, but, you know, the heart inside your chest, <laughs> the motivation, the desire. It's going to come down to heart, and it's going to come down to coaching. It's going to come down to coaching. We're going to talk about our predictions uh, for for the entire league in the next segment. And and so there are, there I will tip my hand as to who I believe is going to coach better. But uh, it's going to be a really exciting series for sure. Well, it's uh, for me, I think it's all going to be decided in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Canadians need uh, controlled exits and controlled entries. Uh, to generate speed and and that's uh, speed is the key for them and there's no better team uh, than the Flyers for uh, disrupting uh, the rush and uh, and eliminating the speed and of course uh, uh, 
for their side, uh, they're an excellent aggressive forecheck team mm-hmm. uh, that can put pressure on uh, the Canadian. Remember, the Canadians' defense is essentially three pers- persons, and so. Uh, Wallet, Mete, uh, Kulak uh, are going to be under a lot of pressure on those rare times they see the ice uh, from those uh, flyers forwards. The interesting thing for for Claude Julien, uh, last uh, series he was preaching balance um, and uh, and that it was not about uh, strategy so much. Uh, that it was about will and determination. Right now, he 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 said, and and in the uh, his uh, press conference this afternoon, he said he doesn't really care about balance. That uh, he'll take anyone who's contrib- contributing. Uh, so he didn't really care if um, y- you know he was asked about uh, those uh, those folks that weren't necessarily a factor in the f- first game. He said he doesn't care if if Tatar doesn't uh, score and 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 uh, and. Kakanyemi is or Suzuki, that's fine. He'll take anyone who's going to contribute, uh, which I thought was was uh, was a little interesting. One final thought that I have on this uh, before we bring our our special guest in um, is that on the flyer side of things, we as we talked about, we have seen uh, the guys waiting in the wings come into the lineup and and have seen how they're going to handle things. Vigneault was was very adamant about um, filtering roster players in throughout the round robin, giving them a shot so he could take a look at how they were going to perform. Um, the Canadians didn't do that as much. Uh, they did it a bit out of necessity. Uh, Belzile played in the exhibition game and then immediately uh, was injured. Um, and then... Um, we did see uh, Jake Evans come in for a little bit, uh, also unfortunately left with an injury. For me, I would like to see, I am keeping my fingers crossed that perhaps at some point in this series, remember now we switch from a best of five to a best of seven. So you have a little more time to settle into this series. Uh, it's not so imminently urgent. Um, would love to see Ryan Paling get a crack um, and and possibly Kale Fleury as well. Um would love to see those two youngsters at least get a game uh, just to see what they can bring as well, uh, particularly uh, th- that fourth line for the Canadians. Uh, you've got Dale, uh, Max Domi, we've talked about uh, his struggles and, and how he looks to be floundering a bit there on the fourth line, but with Weiss and Wheel on either side of him, it's, it's not really helping either. So I would love to see uh, some youth there. Uh, but we'll just have to see what Claude Julian decides to do. I am over the moon right now, though, to welcome in our next guest on the show, uh, and that would be former NHL defenseman Mike Weaver, also the current CEO and founder of Coach Them. Uh, Mike Weaver, thank you so much for joining us today. We're we're so excited to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. Really excited to be on anything to do with Habs, for sure. <laughs> well, I know, I know, our listeners will will echo that for sure. Um, so, of course, you mentioned the Habs. Uh, not only did they manage to, because of the pandemic, uh, made it into the 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 play in for the NHL playoffs this year, uh, despite where they ended the the regular season, they've now made it to the the first round of the playoffs. So they'll be playing the Flyers this this week. Just briefly, your overall thoughts uh, from what you've seen this summer. Uh, it's it's odd to say hockey, NHL, and summer, but from what you've seen this summer in the NHL's return to play, uh, what, what's been your overall impression? 
Well, for sure. It, it sucks. I was a part of uh, the lockout that lost the whole entire season, which mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it sucks not being able to hoist that amazing cup. I wish I was had an opportunity to hoist, uh, hoist that. I was very close in um, the playoff run when I got traded. Uh, was it 2015? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, so it was something that was uh, an amazing experience. I just loved, absolutely loved my time with the Habs. It, it made my it made my career uh, come to an amazing uh, finish, and it was just just something uh, amazing that that you just felt the energy in the city. It was it was something. Oh, it was, I get chills all the time just even thinking about me skating out on the ice during <laughs> playoffs. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a unique time that we're, we're living in and, uh, I got mixed feelings of what's going on, but that's a conversation for another time, another (laughs) podcast, but, but I think it's, it's a time for us to look around and, and really go and, and the people that are surrounding you is, is mainly family and mm-hmm. it, there's a, there's a pause in time for a couple months that everybody was basically forced to to be in with their parents more more or less and <laughs> and it's something that it's something that it's it, it's kind of nice to kind of reflect of of uh we get so busy in our in our lives that it it, it really you know kind of a lot of things get uh pushed to the side and i think it was something that was uh, special that um, you know, obviously with every, with every situation that goes on, you got to look at the bright side, but yeah, getting back to the whole Stanley cup, uh, it, yeah, obviously amazing that the Canadians were able to take on such a powerhouse team like, uh, Pittsburgh and, and make it, make it through there. And, uh, it's going to be, I, I got to say, it's going to be a very interesting cup because I'm going to say that the teams normally that wouldn't make it in there, all you have to be good is uh, for a couple games in order to, to get into playoffs now. And uh, I think it was uh, obviously Carey Price standing on his head uh, ended up uh, propelling them to the, the next level. So I'm excited to see them take it to the, the next uh, round. Well, as you said, Carey Price uh, against Pittsburgh stood on his head, and and uh, he was both dominant and intimidating in that qualifying round to help carry his team uh, over the Penguins. Um, you mentioned you were the closest you were to the Cup uh, was back in that uh, 2014 run. You came over from Florida at the trade deadline, and and you saw uh, you had a firsthand uh, view of how dominant Price could be in that particular. Uh, playoff run uh no no slight against dustin tokarski but once uh price was injured with uh against chris Kreider, that that uh that really affected your chances um can you talk about um carrie price and what you saw and how he can raise the play and boost the confidence of everybody around him yeah well uh to be honest, in practice, I gave up trying to score on him. <laughs> Honestly, I literally just started flipping pucks at him because there was no chance of me even scoring. And he he would he would save it, and he would just just have this little smile every time. <laughs> um, I'll tell this one little quick little story. But um, so when I when I first got there, him and I got along pretty well. So we were doing this drill that I you would just go into 
the the coach would dump it in. He would go and grab the puck. Uh, Carey would set it up behind the net and go in front of his net, net and then lead the puck for the defenseman. The D-man would go grab it and pass it up to the forward. And then it would happen, you know, kind of like that throughout uh, this drill. So he started throwing it into my skates. Like we're talking about like, <laughs> it's supposed to be a quick little flow drill. He threw it into my skates and I'm like trying, I'm struggling. And all of a sudden you see these, the coaches start recognizing like, what's all this commotion? It's supposed to be a, a flow drill. So anyways, I'm just like, brace her, Mike, stop it. So I ended up passing it off. And then it got to a point where it was kind of funny. Everybody started kind of laughing, and I'm like, I'm just in Montreal, the first first round in playoffs, and he's going and having a well, – but it, it was funny. I, I, I enjoyed my – he, honestly, he is – goalies are a little weird. He is the most normal goalie I've ever uh, met. He is just amazing, down-to-earth, always thinking of his family, always thinking about uh, charities – uh, but when it came to business, he, he was a, a guy that was really prepared. And it, honestly, it's very tough playing in Montreal. I was warned mm. several times, don't go to Canadian team because the pressures are just absolutely huge, especially with Toronto and Montreal. Um, I, I enjoyed the media. I had fun with it. Uh, so it, it's tough. But I, I feel I feel for Pricer. Like he's he's obviously got uh, an amazing contract, well-deserved, but, but with the fans and everything uh it's it's like you have a cu- couple bad games it's just like they they want to they have the noose outside and and it's something that it's it, you know it, it it sucks but that's kind of <laughs> comes along with being in such a uh a storied uh, uh team like like the canadians now, uh, we were just talking before we went on air how busy you've been, and uh, you just uh, mentioned uh, when we were communicating uh, that your uh, uh, hockey school, the Defense First Hockey School, uh, that you've been running over the past decade or so, uh, just wrapped up this week. Uh, can, you, can you just uh, talk about uh, uh, how you started it and, and uh, what you do and, and, uh, and, and what you get out of it? Yeah, well, it, it was it was kind of it started back. Uh, oh my, I've, I've had it for eighteen years, but it started getting back to the whole uh, kind of preparing for the season, and I started kind of going through uh, different ways that I prepared myself, and I kind of like, oh, that would be kind of cool to have a a hockey school that kind of taught that, and and I ended up coming up with defense first. And it's it's a pretty creative name, uh, mm-hmm. even though Fords uh, think that they can't come. And it's for it's a defensive minded camp, uh, more the thinking part of the game. And I think that's what made my career uh, so long was that I was able to think the game. I was if if I knew what the other four players besides the guy with the puck, everybody watches the guy with the puck. But mm-hmm. if I was able to figure out what those four guys options were i was able to basically tell the future and that's something that i was able to process all these things what the hand this guy's uh, stick is and positioning allowing me to get like I, in the nhl i was dealing with six foot three guys uh, in front of the net so i had to be uh, one step ahead of them and and how do you teach a player to be here and there at the same time? And that's kind of the things that I figured out 
how to teach and it's turned into being amazing like we, we teach about 300 kids in july alone wow. we have people coming from all over the world uh, sweden denmark uh, russia they usually come for three weeks so it's something that it's it's turned into kind of a monster uh it's i have <laughs> i have the best coaches uh that are coaching with me there too so it's not any puck pushers it's not a babysitting camp it's a thinking camp and it's 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 turned into being such a, an amazing thing that i i love being able to give back to youth hockey because a lot of coaches during the season they don't even know how to teach uh this and it's it's there's there's an art to to every little thing that we teach on the ice and it's yeah it's, it's been it's been fun well, speaking of coaching, you are the CEO and and founder of uh, a business called Coach Them. Um, and tell us a little bit about what what it is, who it's targeted for, um, and and really what what the program is all about. So when I was doing defense first, I just found that it was very tedious. I had all, I had my drill book, like a lot of coaches have, a big drill book that has all their drills written out in, in on with with a, a plastic sheet that so just in case your drills fell on the ice or got wet, I had them backed up on PDF. And for me to go and create, because uh, I wanted my coaches to be prepared before they got on the ice so they could teach. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it just, I, I just felt that there was a better way of doing it. So I looked at what was out there and there was nothing out there. Some, some, there was one program that was only on windows. There was one that was so ancient and it's just there was nothing simple out there. So with my background in Michigan State, I had a telecommunication degree, got a minor in virtual reality, software development, and web design. And I was when I was on the planes, I was designing websites for people. <laughs> uh, so it, it was pretty funny. Everybody else was losing money at the poker table. That's right. I was back there coding. Wow. So, yeah. And and I. When I got traded, well, when I signed with uh, Florida Panthers, Rob Tallis, the goalie coach there, he's just like, Mike, he's just like, we have all these millions and millions of dollars and we're still, uh, we're still going and writing our drills on a piece of paper. It's crazy. Like there's no programs out there. So I'm like, okay. So I found a, 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 a head developer and I set out to being completely web-based, no, no plugins, uh, nothing. It it had to go on all platforms, going from a, a tablet with a digital pencil to using your finger to going from a Windows, Mac, Safari, uh, Linux, like like it, or, or yeah, so or in Chrome. So like it basically goes from every every uh, web browser. So it's it's pretty cool. It's 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 kind of a behemoth right now. We've 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 got about nine thousand coaches on there. Wow. We have. We have um, the we, we partnered with the uh, NHL Coaches Association. We ended up uh, uh, signing a, a partnership agreement with uh, Minnesota Hockey. Mm. We got we got a, a, a several NHL teams. We we have the German Hockey Federation. We got uh, a couple of big announcements in the next little bit of some pretty big bodies coming on board. 
we have about 50 to 60 associations on, on it. And it's basically allowing coaches to digitally create their drills. And all they have to do is create their drill once and it's there for life. And from there, easily after you create your drill, your description, instead of rewriting it every single time you have a new practice, you're clicking your drills to add to your practice plan. Okay. So, yeah, so we, we got some amazing, uh, we had a huge update just recently, and it's been something that it's been uh, an amazing journey so far. It really sounds like it. So so basically, you've taken everything that you were doing with, with pencil and paper, and you've now digitized the process for coaches from from soup to nuts across the board. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. Honestly, we've had a lot of coaches just say it's by far the best program that they've had based on its simplicity. So we're not – like you're able to add video now to – we have so – if you have a YouTube link of, of a drill that you like, you could add it right into that drill. So it's it's pretty cool that I got defense first, that I'm giving back to the youth hockey community. Mm-hmm. And then I got Coach Dem that's giving back to the uh, coaching community. So it's, yeah, we, we have both hockey and lacrosse. Eventually we'll be adding more sports, but we, we have some some – uh, amazing features that we want to release before we start jumping to these other sports. And it's been, it's honestly, I, that's what I was, I was always, I'm five, nine for me, the odds of me making it, especially even 2000 were slim to none. So the whole entire time I was always worried about what's next. And that's why I came up with defense first. And that's why I came up with uh, coach them because who know, knew how long it would really last. And I, to be honest, I would never have la- uh, no, thought it would last for 14, 15 years pro 13 years in the NHL. It was, it was pretty amazing. And it was something that with defense first, like I said, it helped me prepare for the season. And and with Coach Dem, it helped me uh, make it easier to, to plan my my uh, plans for for the drills uh, for defense first. So it was, it was pretty cool. So it's um, I, I like that you you were you said it was constantly in the back of your mind that what's next, uh, and you cross paths with uh, Rob Tallis in Florida, and and you came to that. Uh, uh, you you had a meeting of minds there that let's let's do something. How um, how common do you think that is for uh, uh, NHL players to have that in the back of their mind that yeah, there's going to be a time when when hockey's going to end. How, can you just talk about that that transition? Well, it's I, I, I like like it's funny. So I after I retired, I've and. People don't even think I played the NHL because of my heights. I, I would be, I, I'd meet somebody and then they find out eventually that I played in the NHL. They're like, oh my God, I could have made it. And I'm like, well, did you make it? And they're like, oh no, I would have made it, but I'm like, well, did you make it? Like, but doesn't count for me. Yeah. Did yeah. you make it? And they're like, well, I would have, but I'm like, well, I like to say that there are, there are wanters and there are doers. There's a lot more wanters out there, mm-hmm. uh, but there's only a few doers. And those are the, the going to be the successful people in life. The ones that go and, and, and work their butts off to get, get something 
done. And, and ideas are ideas until you put them down and, and work hard to, to get them, uh, accomplished. So that's why with, with coach them, I ended up seeing, seeing a problem that was going on and I, and I came up with a solution and it, trust me, I was up at, I was up at 5.00 AM, um, working with my, with my developers, uh, for almost two years, um, while I was playing too. So it's something that's, it didn't, it didn't happen just overnight. And it's something that you got to work hard. And that's why it's, especially with, with, um, businesses now, like it, it's easy to, to be an employee at a business, but it's tough to have your own, your own company. And I knew that even if, even if I would have played one game or 600 games, like, like I did, at some point I would have to fall back on education. And that's why I took the, the route of university going to Michigan state and get my education. So it's, it's kind of a, yeah, kind of, kind of almost fall fell into place. And a lot of NHL players, sure. They might have some investments and in different things, but as far as creating your own company and they, they, they wait till the last second. They, it's funny how they prepare for the season and they work all this time and effort in the weight and the gym and sprinting and getting on the ice. But it, it's funny that they don't prepare for post-career. They, mm-hmm. they, they, find, they feel it's, it's, it's almost jinxing uh, them, them during the season. And it's, it's just it's the same thing as you prepare for the season. You should be preparing for post-career. That's a very good point. Um, and and an, an interesting way to think of it, too, that perhaps, you know, that maybe they think that they're jinxing themselves. Well, if I don't want to start planning for the end of my hockey career because that'll make it happen faster or some, something, you know, inane to that effect. But you're right. Uh, the, the planning has to happen early on. And, and as you say, you know, you went up, you made sure that education was a priority and, and, and that just started to lay the path for, for where you're at now. Um, so where can people go to learn more about either defense first or, or coach them? Where, where, where can people find more information about both of those? Well, well, you could go to defense first. So D E F E N C E F I R S T.com. It's, it's, it sucks that there's a, a, a Canadian spelling of defense, of course, and, <laughs> a, an American spelling, but I have both domains, so you could go either one. Oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, there's a great video. We work with CCM. Um, uh, some of our kids, they, they, last year we, we ended up having that they got to try the latest skate that hadn't been released Ooh. and yeah, so they got to try it for a session. So it was pretty cool. We work with them really well. And, um, and for Coach Dam, it's Coach uh, T H E M dot com, and it's just there's a free trial of ten days. Check it out. Uh, we we it's sixty dollars for a coach for a pro subscription for the year, which I think wow. is very cheap. It's very cheap. That's affordable. For how much? Well, for, for how much people pay for ice. Like they pay like I know in, in Toronto right now it's it's three hundred dollars an hour. So if they're able to, that sixty bucks is pretty cheap in order to be organized. But for an association, it's a hundred dollars per team, which a minimum of uh, eight teams, and it's something that it's yeah, it's for the little amount that it costs that hundred dollars. It's it's pretty cheap for for the whole entire year. 
Well, we wish you the best of luck with both of them. Again, uh, for our listeners, that's defensefirst.com, defense with a C, if you if you can remember that, if you're an American listener. And of course, coachthem.com. But check both of them out. Of course, if you're not following Mike Weaver on Twitter already, be sure you're doing that at Mike Weaver underscore 43. And uh, Coach Them actually has a Twitter handle as well, at Coach Them. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Follow that yep. today. Um, yep. So make sure, go out, follow them, uh, spread the word among your uh, your youth hockey and your hockey communities, whether it's at the youth hockey level, the collegiate level, uh, wherever, uh, spread the word. And uh, we, Mike, we just wish you the best of luck with it. It sounds like a, a really great program. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, hey, I, I got to tell you, go Habs go. Because honestly, <laughs> I, would love, I would love the Habs to, to go all the way. I live in Toronto and I, it, it's... Yeah, it, it's very. Uh, I love when Toronto loses. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough. It's it's tough. I, I never got a chance to play in Toronto. At the end of the day, I would have loved to have played at least one year because it would have set me up here in Toronto. But uh, it was uh, it was such a magical magical place in Montreal. Oh, for sure, it was something that was very very special. Well, we're glad you have such fond memories, and I'm sure all of our Habs listeners will be uh, equally uh, filled with warm memories to, to hear some of your tales uh, from, from those Montreal playing days. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Rick, I have to say, Mike Weaver had some great stories to tell us. Um, loved Loved the story about just giving up on <laughs> taking Carey shots Price, yeah. on Carey Price, um, I can imagine that he is not the he is he is not the the first, nor will he be the last uh, teammate of Carey Price's who who feels that frustration. Um, but just some great stories from Mike Weaver, some really honest commentary about what it's like to play in Montreal, um, but also. Uh, Really tremendous initiatives that he's involved with, both with Defense First and Coach Them. Um, It's, you know, you and I have talked many times on this program about the importance of professional players needing to start very early in planning for life after the game ends after you hang up the skates uh and and mike waver seems to have have done a very good job of of putting those foundational pieces in place he has we are going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we are going to, uh, of course, give you the details on where to find all of our Habs versus Flyers round one coverage this week. And Rick and I break down our round one predictions. So don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss it. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. 
Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back yet again to the Press Zone right here on AHLReport.com. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens, and we are glad that you are here for this third segment. It's an important one. We're going to uh, just quickly run down for you where to follow all of our coverage of uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, in particular this Habs Flyers Round 1 series. And then we're going to go through the list very quickly and give you our predictions for round one, set them in stone, and we'll see how we, uh, we'll see how we, we do. Uh, so first and foremost, where to find our coverage if you're a Habs fan, if you're a Flyers fan, if you're just a hockey fan in general. So uh, for Canadians coverage, now typically you know that um, sometimes I try to, uh, for me personally, I try to do uh, coverage of both. Well, I can't not going to do that during <laughs> during this series. I haven't quite figured Why out not? how to, I haven't figured out how to clone myself yet. So, uh, we are going to leave the Canadians coverage in Rick's very capable hands. So, for the Canadians uh, side of the coverage, be sure you're following Rick on Twitter at allhabs and of course his extensive really well-written uh, game summaries, game recaps um, will be found at allhabs.net. So that's following him at allhabs, and then look for the recaps uh, online at allhabs.net. For the Flyers coverage, I'll be handling the Flyers coverage over at our sister Twitter account, which is at the Flyers Report. I'll repeat that for you. It's at the Flyers Report. And uh, the post-game recaps for Flyers fans will be found at our AHLReport.com site. So for Canadians, follow at AllHabs and go to AllHabs.net. For Flyers fans, at the Flyers Report on Twitter. And then for recaps, go to AHLReport.com. Uh, and so you'll find great coverage all week. Make sure you're following us. So that brings us, Rick, to... Do we have a drum roll? I don't know if we have a drum roll. A drum, drum roll? Drum roll, please. 
Well, t- t- talk a bit, and, and, and we'll see if we can find <laughs> Well, okay. We might have a drum roll. But imagine, da-da-da-da, if you have a drum roll, um, we have our predictions for round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the year of our Lord 2020. Um, so, with that, I think we're actually going to start in the Western Conference, and we'll start with Vegas versus Chicago. So, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We do have a drum roll. Took a minute. Okay. Uh, so, Vegas versus Chicago. We're just going to quickly tell you who we each think is going to win and in how many games. So, I will start. I'm taking Vegas in six. Well, that's boring. Okay. What do you have? Vegas in six. Oh. Did you look at my, he does, listeners, no. you know, Mm-mm. he does this all the time. No. When we do top five, he cheats and he looks at my list. I know he I, did. Nowhere <laughs> near you. So. Uh, what we have here is uh, the Black, the Blackhawks were able to outscore the, the Edmonton Oilers uh, in this series. Uh, Corey Crawford is uh, going to keep them in as long as he can, but he's going to suffer some fatigue. Uh, interesting that uh, Robin Leonard is going to start for the Golden Knights with Flurry backing up. But yes, Vegas in six. Okay. Uh, so we're just going to run run down the list here uh, quickly. So St. Louis versus Vancouver. I have St. Louis in seven. St. Louis in five. This isn't going to be close. All right. Uh, Dallas in... Well, see, I I think, I don't know. I think Vancouver might be able to draw that out. So we'll see. Uh, So we're both taking St. Louis. I just think it's going to take longer. Uh, Dallas versus Calgary. I have Calgary in six. Dallas in six. Ooh. Ooh. Calgary was okay against Winnipeg, but uh, Dallas is going to dominate them. All right. Well, Colorado versus Arizona. You want to talk domination? I think Colorado finishes that up in five. Colorado in five. I'll agree with you. All right. So got a little, some the same, little controversy there. If we head over to the east, uh, Washington Islanders. I don't think that Ovi's. Washington didn't look like themselves in the round robin. I think they're going to wake up a bit and and kind of put the Islanders in their place a bit. But I think it's going to take some time. I'm taking Washington in six. I have the Capitals in six. That would be the same people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're looking at my list. I know it. You, you found. You sent a drone down here. Boston, Carolina. Uh, I think this is also going to go six games, and I think that Boston is going to go bye bye. I think Carolina. I think the storm surge is coming. I took Carolina in six. Boy, this this one I had the the toughest time with. Uh, I went back and forth. It's going to be seven games, uh, no matter who, but. Um, I wrote the Hurricanes down and I crossed them out and I crossed out. I, I, I ended up with the Bruins in seven, but I hope it's, a, it's the Hurricanes <laughs> in seven. Uh, Tampa Bay Columbus Blue Jackets, which actually has already started today, so I haven't even looked at the score. Um, so that has not skewed this. This was written before that game started. I'm taking Tampa Bay in five. Uh, because of Zachary Wierenski and Seth Jones, I've got, uh, for Columbus, I've got Tampa in seven. Tampa in seven. Okay. Uh, so that brings us, of course, to the piece de resistance that is the Philadelphia-Montreal series. Mm-hmm. Now, 
the, you know, I people have, it's funny, people on Twitter have been asking me all weekend, oh, who are you going to cheer for? Who are you going to cheer for? And I, and I keep having to reply, well, I'm a member of the media, so I had to give up my ability to cheer card a long time ago, so I can't cheer. If I were a fan, I would probably say Philly in four, because I just see them dominating. But I think Montreal's going to put up a fight like they did uh, in the round robin, and I'm taking Philly in seven. Sorry, that's that's the incorrect answer. <laughs> Says who? You're not uh, the boss of me. Oh wait, you actually you are. So, well, I I I would I would love to uh, pick the Canadians. I would love to pick the Canadians in an upset, but the Flyers are just looking too very good, and uh, it's going to be Flyers in six. Flyers. Okay. Well, that. So I I have a little more faith that the. Montreal Canadiens are going to win one more game. But we'll see. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right, so we have those set in stone. We will revisit these uh, these predictions when the round, round one is over. Um, so, again, be sure you're following us on Twitter and on uh, the websites to get all of uh, that action. And, of course, not only are you getting live game tweets, um, but we also are in on the post-game media calls and and game day skate media calls with the coaches and the players. So you'll find quotes uh, that we're tweeting out as those media conferences happen. Um, So be sure you're following along on those Twitter accounts because you won't want to miss feedback from the coaches and the players and so forth. So before we say goodbye and wish you well for round one, just a very quick feel-good finale. We're calling it uh, Summer Souvenir. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of, we've talked about the return to play for baseball and how they've certainly had their struggles since they did not go with a bubble format. But one of the things that everyone keeps commenting on is, you know, every time a home run or a foul ball gets uh, hit up into the stands, there's no one there to catch them anymore, And it's kind of sad, you know, sometimes they smack one of the cardboard cutouts right in the head. But interestingly enough, and I will give credit to the Pittsburgh Pirates, even though my baseball team is on the correct side of Pennsylvania, the eastern side of Pennsylvania. But uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates have been having someone on staff run and collect balls from home runs and, and foul balls. And figure out where they landed and who has a season ticket from from that section. And so they're sending those balls with a letter saying, during a Pirates home game, a foul ball landed in your seat at PNC Park. Uh, Robbie, you know, they, they name the person who happened to grab it for you and you'll find it enclosed. We wish you could have been here in person to make the catch yourself. But until then, enjoy this memento from the 2020 season. I just think that's a really cool thing for the pirates to do. Just ship those, but hey, if you had been here, if you had been able to been be here, you would have caught this ball yourself. But instead, we're sending it to you <laughs> as a memento. So we like that. Nicely uh, done, and very nicely done. Uh, sports is an uplifter for all of us in this crazy time of coronavirus. Uh, we hope you're staying safe out there. We hope you enjoy round one, Habs 
versus Flyers. When we come back here next week, it's going to be a whole different story. There's going to be a a clearer picture of how this series is developing. So you won't want to miss next week's show. We appreciate you being here today. Be sure you share this episode with all of your hockey uh, friends and family. It's it's an episode they won't want to miss. And uh, we'll see you online enjoying round one. Until next time, thanks for dropping into the press zone. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.